Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, great singing tonight. Isn't that good? Thank the Lord. Amen. Also, thank you. I want to just take a moment and say thank you for your kindness to Sister Debbie and me and uh, the uh, gift baskets and all this morning, gift cards and all that kind of stuff, us honoring uh, Pastor's Month. And uh, that certainly is humbling for you to uh, go to all that trouble, all, all that you do already and then on top of that and uh, the very nice text all through the course of the week some of them were so nice I wasn't even sure they were meant for me Brother <laughs> Montgomery told a story about one that was went to the wrong person this morning but uh, thank you for your kind words and your prayers and your support uh, in this ministry and uh, making it indeed a joy a joy uh, to pastor here now for over 43 years and uh, I think that's the way the Lord intended it to be, to be a joy. And uh, you make it that way, and I, I can say that wholeheartedly uh, that you, uh, I, I read some time back, I do a lot of um, uh, reading polls and all of those kind of things, especially when it comes to church stuff and uh, religious stuff, Christianity in America and so on and so forth. And uh, it said that the average pastor in America, that, that 1,700 Preachers quit every month in America. I don't. I, don't, I can't. I can't fathom that. Over seven thousand eight hundred preachers quit last year, and um, and and it went on down. Gave some you know some different uh, thoughts about the ministry and so on. And uh, <clears throat> and it said that um, that uh, that the average pastor has three major conflicts a week with a church member. A church member or a church family three major conflicts per week if I have three in a decade it would be or three I don't know it, it would be a yeah, I just can't imagine that I can't imagine I've been there before I know what it feels like and it's not a pretty time but I want to thank you for your your willingness to serve and to let God use us for his honor and for his glory and we're so thankful for that and for the goodness of the Lord. We're just so grateful. I didn't mean to say that much, but I did mean to say thank you uh, for recognizing that this month. And, uh, and I appreciate it uh, very, very much from the bottom of our heart. It's, it's very touching. It is. We'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3 for a moment tonight. I want to just uh, look at these uh, verses, very familiar verses. And I'll give you the uh, verses and title of the message in just a moment. I know the month of September primarily was, our thought was um, the church anniversary, 54th church anniversary, homecoming. Uh, we had those great Sunday night services uh, with uh, Brother Carlton and Sister Sandra. Uh, Founders Day, for the most part, the primary emphasis all the way through the month of September 
had to do with those kinds of things. And then there was kind of a secondary thought that was running through my mind and my heart, and I preached on it a few times during the course of the month. And it's this matter of, um, of uh, the challenge that we are given in the Scripture, that we are to savor the moments. I'm not through with that. I spent a lot of time talking about symptoms and trying to make some declarations about how careless we are in our lives. And when I say we, I'm including me. Pastor used to say, when I'm pointing one finger at you, I'm pointing three at myself. And so the reality of it is that we, we, haven't, we haven't done that very well. I gave you the verse out of Isaiah. I don't think I... I'm not even going to take time to read that tonight. I don't have time to go into the summary and how we got to where we are. But that was kind of the secondary message throughout the month. And uh, maybe over the last six weeks or so, we've been talking about learning to savor the moments, the commandment, the challenge to savor the moments of life. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands of people who have accomplished that. I know I haven't. I think that in that period of time, I've probably gotten even more careless than I was previously. The storm and all those kind of things have just kind of rocked the boat so much. We've been so busy with so many things, there's hardly a moment to spare around here presently. And, uh, but uh, I spent a lot of time talking about the problem. And, uh, but tonight, for a few moments, uh, I want to begin to get back to that for at least a couple of two or three services there's a lot of young people that really need this. Some of us are almost old to the place that we're probably not going to change. But I'd like for these young people to have a future better than I have, a better spiritual future uh, than the days that I've had, a better financial, uh, you know, we all want better for our children than we had for ourselves. It'd be wonderful to know that these young people in the congregation, young couples that are coming along, we got weddings coming up and all those kind of things uh, in the months to come. And, and, um, and to be able to start out on the right foot, that's my left hand, start out on the right foot and, and be able to enjoy the moments of life because God intended that to be. He intended us to enjoy. He would not have told us in his word uh, that he would give us his joy and his peace if he didn't intend for us to use it. He wants us to be joyful people, and we can do that. There's some things that, that are just there, and uh, we, need to, we need to comprehend that in some way. There's some things that are there for a reason. I saw where Brother Bennett had put up one this morning. I really liked it. And it said that if it's not intended for us to eat midnight snacks, then why does the refrigerator have a light in it? And... Uh, and I can, I can say amen to that. And, uh, and I can understand that. Well, if God hadn't put this matter of joy unspeakable and full of glory, had he not put it in his word, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he mistakenly did that. Now, I'll get tied up with the introduction tonight if I'm not careful. But let's read some verses here uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. And we'll read down for just a little bit. To everything there is a season and a time underlying time in this verse. To every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, 
a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, and a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, and a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. When I was coming along, there was a, a pop song, a rock song back then, I guess you would have called it, that was uh, taken from this passage of Scripture, almost uh, word for word. Also, he has set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God make, maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, for man, uh, but for man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. I know that whosoever, whatsoever rather, whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been and God requireth that which is past. Our title tonight is Time is the Issue. Originally, when I started working on this passage of Scripture several weeks ago, uh, my original title was When Time is the Issue. But that would almost imply that there's, there's events that time has no... Uh, no persuasion over. And so I went back and I retitled the message, Time is the Issue. Time is the Issue. Why can't I savor the moment? Because time is the issue. In our passage of Scripture tonight, and I, and I, I know I, I put a, a lot of extra notes in our introduction in case you want to copy some of those or get a copy of it. I mainly did it for myself in the future. The word time is mentioned 30 times in our text. Time is mentioned over 700 times in the scripture. The first time that time is mentioned is in Genesis 4.3. Listen to this verse. In the process of time, it came to pass. Way back over in the book of Genesis. There's, in your scripture study, if, if you... Uh, if you've spent any time studying that, you know, at least, you know, a, a, a different level than just devotion and all those kind of things, you find that there's a law, there's a rule that's given in the Bible, and it is a rule of first mention. When you find something mentioned in a particular, particular uh, context, in a particular way, in the Scripture, it will always be that all the way through the Scripture. That's why the Bible tells us to compare Scripture with Scripture. 
to compare Scripture with Scripture. You don't compare Scripture with the concordance. You don't compare Scriptures with the dictionary. You don't compare Scriptures with the theologians. You compare Scripture with Scripture. And you will find out that the Bible is consistent from cover to cover. When you find in Genesis chapter number one that God created the heaven and the earth, you never find it any other way throughout the scripture. All the way through the church epistles, it's talking about that God made the heavens and God made the earth. It's always the same. By the way, salvation is always the same. It's never been anything but by grace through faith. In Genesis chapter number six, the first mention of it, and Noah found what? Speak out. We don't want to have to go back and start all over, okay? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, someday that you got saved, you got saved by the grace of God. You got saved by the grace. And so there's this matter of first mention. And so uh, we, we, when we come to this, this verse in the Scripture, the first time that he mentions time, he's letting us know that time has a process. That time has a process. The last mention is found in the book of Revelation 22 and verse number 10. And how true this is. Time is at hand. Right now. That's written 2,000 years ago. And, and John didn't have it wrong. Time is at hand. Time is summarized in the scripture in, um, in Ecclesiastes chapter Flip over there with me in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and begin reading in verse number 11. This is kind of a summary of what uh, time is in the scripture. He said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Look at this. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance. I'm not into luck and I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't carry around a rabbit's foot. I don't have a horseshoe over the door of my shop. Like I told you some time back. I, I'm, I, I don't worry about those kind of things, you know, and I don't read my horoscope every morning to see how to conduct my day. And um, I heard Brother Rufus say one time, he said, he said I'd take a black cat and stuff a, a, a rabbit's foot down its throat, run up under a ladder and throw him through a mirror <laughs> one time. You know, do it all, do it every bit of it. You say, he is so cruel. No, he didn't really. He was, he was just talking, okay? Sometimes you just... You know, you're just talking. Lighten up, lighten up. But he said time and chance. There's so many things that we don't have any persuasion over. There's so many things that we, we don't decide who we are born to. We don't decide where we are born. We don't decide what social status we have at birth. All those things are... In the hand of God, it is time and chance. Here we are living, living so uh, happily here in, um, in South Georgia, but you know we could have been born in the, in the freezing north, and uh, we could have been born on the Canadian border. 
And my wife, she'd have never made it. She, she, can't, she can't handle the cold water. Just, it's just time and chance. It's God's will enacting itself in time and in events. God's in charge of everything, if you don't, if you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Here's something else. Well, and, and of course he goes on, and he said this. He said, for man also knoweth not his time. As fishes that are taken in an evil net, we don't know what's going to happen. And as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. You don't know how our, your life or my life will end up. And so it is summarized in Ecclesiastes all the way down through verse number 18. We'll not take time to read that. And then it's kind of encapsulated. It's, it's kind of put into perspective in Psalm 62 and verse number 8. Here's what he said about time. This is, this is kind of everything put together. Trust in Him at all times. The good times, the bad times, the unpleasant times, the tough times, the precious times, the sweet times, and what else can I say? But we are to trust in Him at all. And I think I know what all means. I think I know what all means. It's, it's the inclusion of everything. It's, it's, it's everything included. Just like when the Bible said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, everybody's included in that. The the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith might be given to them that believe. When he said all there, he meant all. And when he says all here, he means all. And so we're to trust in the Lord at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Now many people, and I'm still on the introduction tonight, many people have trouble managing things. Managing things. I listed a few of them. You could probably add some to our list tonight. Some people have a have problem managing their responsibilities. We're living in a society that feels like that um, that we we uh, we are. Uh, how do I want to say it? We feel like, you know, that, that we need to, that we, we just want to receive. We're always, on, we, we, we just feel like that, the, that something is owed to us. And, and, uh, and it's kind of like, you know, having a driver's license. When you have a, a driver's license, then you have a permit to drive. But when you get out on the highway, you've got responsibility. And it's the same way with every aspect of our lives. Our church life is that way. It's not all, well, what can the church do for me? When we are the members of the church, we enjoy. We are, we are, we are, enabled, we are enabled to enjoy the benefits of the family of God. But we have responsibilities as part of the family of God. People have trouble managing responsibilities. That's why you see the world in the mess that it's in tonight. That's why you see uh, so the things that are going on. You see the, our nation in the predicaments that it's in because people are not, are not given to, to managing their responsibilities. They'll take an office, they'll take an oath. But that doesn't mean they're going to be responsible. In the pastors are that way. 
Business people are that way. And, and so it's not just a matter that we, um, people have a, many people have trouble managing their responsibilities. Parents are that way. Fathers are that way. Mothers are that way. Marriages are that way. Families are that way. Workers are that way. I don't know. I, many of you were raised at a point in time that I was. And uh, when we took on a job, when we took on a task, we were taught by our mom and dad and our grandparents that we, that we are responsible. That we work, we give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Well... Some people have trouble managing their responsibilities, their responsibilities. Some people have trouble managing their finances. There's some people that honestly, they could have a world of wealth and be as broke as could be. They'd be so broke, they wouldn't have enough money to pay attention. And have... I, listen, there's, there's a lot, and I, I understand that it's probably easier to, to live with more than it is to live with less. And, and I think that makes sense. But I know a lot of people that have a, they have a lot more, but it doesn't seem to ever get them anywhere. People have trouble managing their finances. Tell you the thing about money, if you don't manage it, it'll manage you. And if you... If you're working, and I tell young couples this, when I'm counseling them as far as getting married is concerned, we have a whole session, we meet six times over a six-week period, and I go over everything from A to Z with them. I believe it's my responsibility. And if they're going to use up my time, then I'm going to use up a little bit of theirs. I get to preach to them little mini messages again and again, and one night we cover nothing but finance. The reality of it is, if your outgo exceeds your income, your finances will be your downfall. And if you can't start out right, if you, it doesn't matter how little you make and how, how difficult it is, you have to manage your finances. We're talking about savoring the moments. If all of this stuff is out of kelter in your life, you're not going to have time. You're going you're to be looking for a second job, a third job, and maybe a fourth job just to make ends meet. People have trouble managing their responsibilities. I tell you, it's a, it's a low-down dad that'll bring a child to this world not support that child. Somebody's got to say it. Anyhow, <laughs> oh well. Mm. Their finances, managing the. If you're not paying yourself, I wish I'd known this. Nobody told me. When we got married, we didn't have any counseling. We met December the 27th. We got engaged somewhere along the way. We're married in March of the following year. We got married at the courthouse. Our wedding, our entire marriage wedding ceremony. Everything having to do with it was 10 bucks, $10, what I paid the county ordinary. And uh, I wish somebody had told
told me. Save a little here. If you're not paying, if all you're doing, if you're working and all you're doing is paying your bills and you're not paying yourself, something ain't right about that. And I'm no Dave Ramsey or anything along that line. I, I'm not at that level, but I do understand this, that if you're just working to pay your light bill and your phone bill and your car payment and, and uh, your other bills and your other bills and, and this and that and this and that, and you're not paying yourself. You don't have a little savings account put away somewhere. It doesn't have to be for a rainy day. It just needs to be, maybe, maybe it's just the discipline of it. Some people can't manage their finances. People can't manage their health. I'm not good at it, obviously. I think we could all do better at it. The Bible tells us that the body is more than raiment. Well, if it's more than raiment, if it's more than a place to hang a hat and, and put a coat and, and a place to pull your socks up, then what is it? It's the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. And, uh, and, and we have trouble, and we, and we pay for that. We pay for that. I'm not blaming anybody in any of these. Many people can't manage their help. Many people, many People can't manage their families. I heard a lady in the grocery store. She had a couple of kids, one in a buggy, one hanging on to the buggy, one pulling on her coattail, one going through a purse. And, uh, and she looked back and she said, what do you do when you have all these kids? <laughs> and I almost told her, you take them to my mama's house. <laughs> You won't have any trouble managing them if you'll carry them to 303 Pittman Street where Nina and Griff Ward raise their children. And 1906 Hutchinson Street, you won't have any trouble. I can't, I can't get the house cleaned up and cause all these kids. My mom had, she, she took care of that when we were about seven years old. We made our own beds. We cleaned up our own room. We put up our own toys, and we washed dishes every other night. Two boys, two girls. Ann and Sandy washed them one night and dried them, four dishwashers and all those kind of things. Butch and Steve, they washed dishes, put them up and dried them every other night. And the only way that ever changed, it was always that way. Every other night you knew that you were to wash the supper dishes, and, every, and the only thing that would change it is if you complained about it. If you complained about it, you did it for about five or six nights in a row. And you'd be surprised. People can't manage their children. People can't manage their families. Here's another. People can't manage their lives. Lives that are just unbelievably messed up. Well, I'm not going to get to our message tonight, but we're going to go on with where we are. But everybody has trouble managing time. You may be doing perfectly well with your responsibilities, making your promotions. You might have the financial thing in the bag, so to speak. You might be healthy and your family might be intact. And your life might be just clicking along like a fine singer sewing machine. But I don't know if anybody, everybody has trouble Managing their time. Their time. 
The Bible has a lot more to say regarding time. Here's some little clever sayings that I thought of regarding time. Here's one we use. Time flies. Time really flies. You ever? I use that one half a dozen times a week. And, and the image that I have in my mind, I started to get a picture, put it on the screen, is one of those old-fashioned alarm clocks. You know, it's got wings on it and it's flying through the sky. That's what came to my mind when I saw that. I don't know if they even have an emoji for that, but the uh, time is flying. Here's another. It's about time. It's just about time. Here's another one. Takes time. We're often accused of wasting time and spending time. We talk about this matter of borrowed time, living on borrowed time. Sometimes we talk about there's lots of time. And uh, then often we'll say things like there was a time. Now there's three lessons learned from our passage of Scripture. Let me, let me just say a couple more things and uh, we'll get back in this a little bit later. But the issue is time. The reason that our our responsibilities and, and sometimes our families and, the, and sometimes our finances and sometimes our life, sometimes our health is uh, an issue and that we're not able to deal with it properly because time is the problem. Time is the problem. In verse number one, he gives us this concept of time. If you were keeping up with the notes tonight, the concept of time. He said, to everything there's a season and a time. The concept is very simply this, that God has placed us in time. God being an eternal God, he's never been in time. Time never began until he created the heaven and the earth. And he made the seven days of the week and he divided those seven days of the week into 24-hour periods and then time came into existence. The first man lived in time. Generations have lived in time. We all live by time. And so the concept of time is really there. And you've got 24 hours a day I didn't take time to calculate the minutes that are there. You could even quickly figure out how many seconds are in a day. But we must understand as much as we, we want to deal with the doctrinal and the scholarly and, and all of these other things of the Scripture, the Scripture is the answer for everything and it is also the answer of why lives get so out of disorder. And one reason is time. The issue is time. In verses 9 through 13, and I, I'm not going to give you all of this tonight, but in it, the conditions of time. He talks about uh, what, what are the conditions of time. In, in uh, verse number 9, he said, For what profit hath he that worketh in, the, in that wherein he laboreth? He goes on, he said, I've seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He's still talking about time. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. And he goes on down and he talks about a man's life and the goodness of a man's life. And if a man can learn to manage his time, if that man can learn to manage his time, then he will have the moments that he can cherish and that he can treasure and that he can... Take time to smell the roses. 
take time to look at a beautiful sunset. Most people, they see a sunset at a glance, you know, going out, a, a beautiful rainbow. I mean, how many times would we take a, a moment and savor that beautiful arch in the sky? I've seen people, not too long ago, there was one right over the church. It was right back out here. It looked like God just put a rainbow. He's done that several times over the years. And people would be pulling over on the side of the road and they had their phones or their cameras out taking a picture of it. He said that, that he wants you to enjoy the labor of your life. He wants you to uh, enjoy all of the good that he has done for you and the good in this life and because it's a gift for you and it's a gift for me. And sadly, in closing tonight, oftentimes we just kind of forfeit the gift. We just kind of pass the gift up. the conditions of time. Verses 14 and 15 also tell us of the conclusion of time. Like I said there in Revelation 22:10, time is at hand. And ladies and gentlemen, the reality of it is, as we read in chapter number nine, we don't know our days. We don't know the length of our days. We don't know how much time we have. We might think that we have a lot of time, and we might have only a little bit of time. I've got some things I want to say there, but not tonight. Let me just say these things, and we'll close. We'll close. Time's an issue. It's a real issue for us all. A real issue for us all. Here's some thoughts that I came up with about time. When you begin to think about time, number one, time can be claimed, but it cannot be reclaimed. You know, if, if, you, don't, if you don't use this moment, this minute, these hours, if you don't use them, you can't put them over here somewhere and say, I'll come back and take, get those, I'll get those hours in just a little while. You can claim it at the time, but you can't, later, you can't go back and reclaim the time that you've lost. I hear people say from time to time, I wasted so much time when I was a young man. I, I wasted so much time when uh, we first got married, and, and I, I wasted so much time. You can't reclaim it. You can't reclaim time. You see, time is moving. It's, it's moving, and, and uh, the, it's, it's, it's like that big odometer that they have, you know, that's uh, calculating the national debt up in the $32, $33 trillion. And it's about this long, you know. And uh, they, they have it, I think in New York, they have one of them up on a billboard. And it's, it's calculating the, the national debt. And all the way over here at the very end of it is hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's... it's running like an eight-day clock. I mean, it's just, it's just spinning, and next thing you know, the next number will flip over a few times, then the next one a few more time, a fewer times, and as you go to the left, you see that time's moving on, just like that clock. Time can be spent, but it can't be bought. You can spend the time, but, but you can't, you, you can't, buy some more time. 
Now, now some of these are just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not hard fast. I know that we can add to our days. We can take away from our days. Yeah. Little children that disobey their parents. You know what parents are, you know what they're causing in that child's life? They're, they're, if, if they allow their child just to continuously disobey them, disobey them, disobey them, they're taking minutes and hours, perhaps weeks, days and months and years off of their life. God's Word. You, you can't manipulate God's Word. Honor thy father and thy mother that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. He said in the book of Proverbs, he said that he that curseth his mother and his father that their lights shall be put out in utter darkness. So we can, we can add to our days, we can take away from our days in that respect, but we can't, we can spend the time, but we, there's nowhere you can go up to a window and throw some cash up there, or make some promises up there, and get some, get some more time. Here's another one. Time can be used, but it cannot be saved. Well, I'm just going to put this little bit of time in the bank, and I'll pull it up a little bit later, and uh, I'll, draw, I'll draw interest on my time for a little while, and then I'll use my time a little bit later. I thought about this one. Time can be given, but it cannot be borrowed. Time can be consumed, but it cannot be replaced. Time can be dispersed. I can give you my time. I heard uh, someone say, and, and it made me go back and look it up when I heard, uh, I know I had a couple of couples that went to the uh, marriage retreat uh, up at uh, Brother Townsend's recently. And somewhere somebody said something along the line that if we say yes to everybody, then we're probably saying no to our family, something like that. And I knew that I'd heard something similar to that sometime along the way, and I thought I'd written it down somewhere. But if we, um, if we, if we, if we spend, if we always say, if we always say yes to everybody, then no doubt we're saying no to someone. We're saying no. Could be. When we're telling, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I, yeah, and we're, if we're telling everyone else yes, we're probably telling our family, to a degree, no. Telling our family, it can be dispersed. It can be dispersed, but it cannot be accumulated. And then finally, time can be invested, but it cannot be increased. It can be invested, but it cannot be increased. I'm not going to get into the message tonight. That's the entire introduction in about 35 minutes. Time is the issue. One thing that will help you manage your time is to set goals, make plans, and then follow through with those plans. Follow through. It's so easy to get distracted. There's so many things to do, so many things expected of us. 
it's going to be hard for us to, to get, get ourselves in such a gear that we can just kind of enjoy the moments of life. I think we all, I think God would be pleased if his children, I was happy when my children were enjoying, when they were playing ball and, and running track and, and participating in fine arts and all those kind of things. It made me happy. And it makes your Heavenly Father happy. Jesus even set the example of coming apart, coming aside, taking some rest, and managing. He only had just a short little period of time. And he managed it well and set a good example for us. I can't hush, but I will anyway. Let's all stand.